Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. We're really excited once again to, to share with you our special guest and friend, Kimberly Giles. She is an expert on human behavior and people problems, what causes them and what can fix them. She helps individuals and companies fix their mental, emotional, and social skills. Her unique systems to improve human behavior are so powerful that Good Morning America named her one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country. You know, she appears regularly on local and national TV and radio, sharing her ideas on relationships and healthy thinking. Yeah, and she has over 350 articles published in newspapers and magazines, reaching people all over the world. Today, she is going to talk with us about how to eliminate the fear of failure. The fear of failure. Can you imagine that? And finally, feel like we are good enough all of the time. A much-needed message. So thank you for joining us today, Kimberly. I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is so fun. Kim Giles. I know this is this is fun. i got to tell you real quick, Kim. You were in the Speakers Academy with, with me a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, bless her heart, this new girl that's just trying to learn how to break into this business. And I felt like, oh, yeah, we're both in this together. You know, we're both learning. And then I find out that you have so much knowledge. You have so much background. She was an expert. And, yeah, it's great to have you on the show. We're excited to uh, share some of your knowledge with our guests. I'm honored you guys would ask me. Yeah, the tables are turned. You interviewed us for the Hope, the Hope Cast right. not I did too long ago. You on the World <laughs> Cast. Those are some of my favorite interviews. That was a lot of fun. Well, let's dive into this, Kimberly. We want you to share your story with our audience. Yeah, I was telling Scott before we got on the air that the one question I dread the most from people, and, and I get it all the time, is when they say, so, t- so tell me what your educational background is to be doing what you're doing, that you're this international people skills expert. And I, I train therapists and social workers and coaches, and I have to confess that I have almost no formal education. I did do a couple years of college, but I got married. Um, I actually moved from Utah to Silicon Valley in San Jose, California, and I started a little business there in computer training. And soon after that, I started having children and I started having health problems and I couldn't be in the workforce anymore. And I I spent the next 15 years as a stay-at-home mom, really struggling with some health issues. And so no work experience, didn't finish my education, and then suddenly found myself a single mom with four little kids. And I had to come up with a way to survive and make a living. And the, the one talent I felt like I had was in speaking. I had my whole life, since I was a teenager, done a lot of, um, a lot of speaking and, and talking to groups. And I felt like I was good at that. Everything that I had learned in college about computers was now completely obsolete. My phone did more than the computer that I used to have <laughs> in college. So my education was useless. You know, I, I realized at that moment when my future looked quite dark I I remember feeling like it was this black hole of nothingness because everything I thought my future was going to have in it was gone. And so there's nothing there. And, And I found myself in an interesting place 
to surrender and let God guide me and say, I don't know where I'm supposed to go from here, but I'm sure you know better than I do. And I did start to get some vision of maybe things that I would like to do, but I really put myself in the Lord's hands. And people ask how I got to where I am, and it's the most curvy, convoluted path you could imagine, where where I started doing some training for network marketing companies. And, you know, that's what I thought I would continue to do. I thought that was the path. And the Lord put someone in my path that led me to an opportunity to learn to be a life coach. I thought, I'll go through the training, but I'm not sure that that's really what I want to do. But I, I fell in love with that mm-hmm. opportunity to make a meaningful difference in someone's life at that level. The problem was that the program I was using didn't really help the people. And so every client, I would go to the Lord and ask for some guidance. What can I do to help this soul to find what they need? And I, and I would have ideas come and literally exercises, processes that I could take them through. And over the years, I started to realize that I've got a process that I could put together here with what I've been given that really w- works. It's miraculous. And so I started, I I left that company, started my own little business, which was crazy based on what I know about running businesses or anything. I, I created this out of thin air, but the program, the processes that I taught were so powerful. I soon had others coming and saying, I want to learn to do this with people, what, what you're doing. So fast forward seven years, I have over 70 certified therapists, social workers, or coaches around the country. And and now we're kind of breaking into making that in the world as we've got a, a division now in Australia and it's spreading. And, and it's crazy when I get asked by a university to come and speak to their social work grad students on human behavior and, and how to help people when I've got no education in this field. But I, I have to just admit it's been given to me. Everything I'm teaching, I, I didn't come up with. But, you know, we started off talking about the fear of failure. That, it has haunted me my whole life since I think I was a small child. I remember constantly being afraid that I wasn't quite enough. And I, I know you guys have felt it because everybody, I think mm-hmm. everybody on the planet's battling it. 100% agree. And I think it's so cool that, I mean, it wasn't like you were ever off path, but right now you're super on path. And uh, and when you get on path, it's, uh, yeah, and, and it's so easy. The doors just open, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they just open. And, and for you to be home with your children for those 15 years where that, that's awesome. That's the best place to be, right? And, and now you're now it's time to go out and do what you're doing and help others as well. I, I love it. Yeah, I think those all those 15 years, though, I was struggling I was really struggling, and so I would turn to books. I've read more self-help books than anybody on the planet, really. Um, So even then, I think I was being educated with a lot of the things that I would need to know later. Every challenge that I've been through has just been part of a perfectly planned education that I couldn't see at the time because you can't. In the middle of it. So the old saying, don't let school get in the way of your education. Kind of hit home on that one. (laughs) And you've written a book, a book that I love and adore and have read a couple of times. The funny thing is ever since I was young, I wanted to to write a book. I, I had that as a goal. But when it finally came time for me to put all the things I teach into a book, I was so haunted by that fear of failure. 
I was quite sure that I was going to write a book that no one would want to read and it would be an embarrassment. And Mm -hmm. it took me six years to write that book. And, and to be honest, I threw it out and started over five times because I decided it's crap. Forget it. Throw the whole thing out, starting over. And even the scariest moment is when you finally turn that manuscript over and you're not going to touch it again. It is what it is. They take it. You know, it's going to be edited and made into a book. I could have kept it and kept tweaking it for the next 25 years because words are so easy to keep changing and they're, they're not necessarily better. They're just different, but you have to let go. And there were some specific things that I have learned that have helped me overcome that fear enough that I could step from being fear driven into a place of being love driven. And I, and I would love to share a few of those today because they, they really made the difference between me being stuck to never really get to where I am now to open that door um, and get me through. We would love for you to speak to on that. That is right along the line. Is that what that was you were going to say? I was say, <laughs> Becky I, and I have this discussion a lot. Um, <laughs> that's what I... But yeah. I speak on coming from a, a place of love. What if all your, your actions and words came from a came place from of love? love? What, what, did, what would your life look like? What impact and difference would that make? And, and I really believe, Becky, at our heart, all of us are love. Love is the core of who we are. And when you authentically show up, you show up in love. The problem is that you can't be in love and fear at the same time. Fear is the antithesis, mm-hmm. right? They can't exist in the same place. So... As long as that fear is in your way, it it's just stops you from, from being who you want to be. So this fear of failure, I believe, comes from one foundational belief that we all have accepted as a truth. It's not a truth. It's just a belief. It's just mm-hmm. an idea. But we think it's true. And, it, and it's so foundational, most of us don't realize we even have it. So it comes down to the belief that our value as a human being can change. And we we all, if you think about it, you you believe that if you could just lose weight or make more money or be a little more successful. Why did you look at me when you said lose weight? (laughs) (laughs) You're sitting across the table from me. That's your fear of failure. I'm glad you looked at him and not me. Thank you. (laughs) we, We all have these ideas of things that if we could just do that, right, our value would go up enough that then I could feel good about who I am. Exactly. We compare ourselves to everybody else. Everybody. <laughs> and, and, and we also believe that every mistake we make or pound we gain or, you know, job we lose, that our value is literally going down and that we become less than other people. And it's interesting when I ask people all the time, do you believe that all human beings have the same intrinsic value? And they say, absolutely. Yeah. And then I'll say, but do you believe that your value as a human being can go up and down? So based on your performance, your appearance, what you're doing, you know, your value might be better and other times it's worse. Oh yeah. Yeah. I believe that too. Well, they can't both be true. Either our values can change and that would mean that some people have more value than other people. And, and honestly, this belief is what causes 90% of the problems on this planet, maybe 99%, is the idea that some groups of people are better than other groups of people. But we, we only believe that's possible because we believe human value can change. Right. So as long as other people can be better than me, the fact is no matter how hard I work in my appearance, performance, you know, 
I, I can make all these gains. There's still going to be people out there that I see as better than me. And as long as I see them that way, I will always be afraid that I'm not quite enough. And that fear will never go away as long as you believe human value can change. Kevin Hall used to say, uh, if you feel, fi- feel inferior in a certain setting, it's very likely that you'll feel superior in another. Mm. And so it's, yeah. It's exactly true. I, I think if we put any two people in a room, the first thing that happens on the subconscious levels we're measuring and we're trying to decide, should I be comfortable or even intimidated by this person or do I feel superior and I'm kind of looking down and even your experience with me in the speakers academy right right some of that was happening I felt we were on the same level and then all of a sudden I learned that we're not you know it's like (laughs) oh she knows so much more than I do oh I'm so hope I didn't say something stupid but you're right when I walk into a, a convenience store and walk up to the counter the guy in front of me I measure myself up against him every time and I don't know if it's just a guy thing or a, because I was an athlete I, I don't know it's all of but us. I look at him and I think I could take him you know <laughs> I have no desire to fight this guy but for some reason we just as males we we do this male thing so, and, and and women I think look at and say oh my gosh her hair's so perfect my hair's never looked that perfect you know and we do we just measure ourselves against my other husband people. does it by the car. Oh, he looks he? at the car the other guy's driving. Is my car cooler? <laughs> <laughs> right? We what we all do it at some level. But right. Okay, so the the real answer that I've discovered after 15 years of being a, a life and executive coach to actually lessening that fear. And I'm going to say lessen because I don't think it ever totally goes away. I think mm-hmm. we learn these skills to lessen it and we get better and better at them, but it's right that that fear opposition is i think always going to be in the mix but the the trick is for you to decide that for you it's a principle of truth that all human beings have the same intrinsic value and that value cannot change that our value is actually based in our uniqueness and our nature mm-hmm. as as human souls and every one of us is a one of a kind irreplaceable human soul. There will never be another you. And if your value is based in those two things, that those two things never change. Love that. So your value has to be infinite and absolute and unchangeable. So no matter what situation you're in today, you, you trip in front of people and fall on your face and yeah, immediately you feel like an idiot. You can remind yourself, Oh, okay. That was embarrassing, but it didn't change my value. <laughs> I still have the same value as everybody else, right? And and on those days you win and you're feeling like you're something special because you just nailed that, you got to remind yourself that didn't change your value either. Right. You still have the same value as everybody else. And, and I've found with my clients, this has to be something that you make true for everyone else all day, every day. In order, if you want it to be true for you, you have to give it to everybody else. So you got to walk around in your world all day and every homeless person you see, you remind Mm -hmm. yourself they have the same value as you. And, and the person who's arrogant or treats you bad that you, you're, you have a tendency to judge. Okay. They're in a, they're in a different school class in life than you are, but they still have the same value. Don't forget it. (laughs) And the more that you make it true for everybody else, the more you, it sinks in that it has to be true for you too. Yeah, that value that every one of us has something, every person on earth has something to offer 
to somebody else. You know, I think we could literally change the entire world in 22 minutes here if everybody on the planet would commit to seeing each other this way. All these divisions, we divide ourselves, right, by, by country, by culture, by religion, by race, sexual orientation, all these differences that make us feel better or worse than others. We could take them all away. Absolutely. And, and what a profound change. Now tell me this, because I would love to see a world like that. <laughs> How do we make it happen? Well, obviously, you start with the man in the mirror, as Michael Jackson yep. would oh, say. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Right? <laughs> that guy's not good enough. Because <laughs> the, in the end of the day, it's mm-hmm. the one person you have control yeah. over. So you, you start there, and then you share and teach the, the belief that this is truth every chance that you get. Mm-hmm. And the it. ripple effect of, of kindness and treating others, treating everyone that you're around, your employer, your your neighbor, your children, your extended family members with respect and treating them with that value and the ripple effect, it would be a, make a difference. It would. We, we all have to believe that we have the power to make a difference. Our circle of influence may be large, it may be small, but wherever you are, you, you impact people around you in your behavior. I think even at the grocery store, um, I, one of my children brought up to me years ago that I'm so such a task focused person. I go to the grocery store and I'm thinking, okay, find my debit card, run it through the thing, put my code, you know, I'm, I'm on task. And here there's this human being in front of me who's checking my groceries out. And, and my, my child said, mom, you didn't really even acknowledge her. And I'm like, okay, that is not who I think I am and I want to be. But I had an opportunity there to show another human being that I acknowledged them and their worth and, and showed them appreciation. We have opportunities like that every day. But if, if we don't make it a real conscious choice to be that aware, we miss them. And, and that's hilarious that you say that because I'm the total opposite and we're both needed. Uh, I, I sit there and carry on a conversation with that person. And then I can tell by the blank stare that I'm supposed to be doing something. And I look down because I've just swiped my card. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I don't need any money back with that. And, and, you know, and I don't push all the right buttons because I just carry on this conversation and forget about the rest of the tasks. You know, I just ordered a book on Amazon this morning, so I don't know if it'll be good. But it, it said something, the title was something to the effect of, I'm not crazy, I'm just different than you. <laughs> and, <laughs> Great title. I love the, the idea that we're, we're so quick to see criticism because we kind of think everybody should be like we are. Right. Right? Yeah. So the way I do it, it's got to be the, the best way to do it. But we are so different. In our coaching program, we've identified actually 12 types of people, 12 psychological inclinations. And as we start showing people, okay, this it looks like this is the one where you, where you show up. Oh, no, they don't want to be that one. They want to be this other <laughs> one that they think is better. And, and the truth is we all need to embrace all the goodness about who we are and not be too critical about the weaknesses, the things that we're working on. Because we all have them. We just have different ones. Right. right. But none of those things affect your value at all. Right. Just because you've got some faults and some weaknesses that are different than other people's, you still have the same value as everyone else. Well, we are approaching 22 minutes. It goes fast. I know. Kimberly, what are 
some last words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners. And please let her know that my values were worth sometimes <laughs> when she doesn't think it is. I know your wife I will commit well today to, to look at you as, as a great value every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Despite the fact you have very different talents and weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we make a good team. Yeah. You know, I, I think the... The real key to success and happiness in life comes down to trust, trusting God about your value, that it is infinite and absolute, and that all his children have the same worth, that we trust, we trust God, that that's truth, that we have nothing to fear. We can't fail. Life is a classroom, not a test, right? Yeah. So that our value is safe. And then we trust him about our journey, that He's in charge. He's created this universe to be our classroom. And and I see the universe as a wise teacher that knows exactly what it's doing and will be guided and will always be right where we're supposed to be, experiencing the lessons that we need. But we are completely safe that whole time. There is literally nothing to fear. And the more that we can trust God that there's nothing to fear because he's in charge the happier and the more loving we can show up. Absolutely. To never judge somebody in a way that would make them feel small and including yourself. Thank you, Kimberly, for your words of wisdom and joining us today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.